Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. So um, this is Louisa Brandenburger with Colette Hello. Acker, who is the director here at the BRC. And we are with Robin Shaw today. Robin is the founder and CEO of Bodzi. She's a health and, uh, health and weight loss coach. She's an ex-competitive swimmer, swim instructor, CrossFit coach, and is now a published author. She just released her first book. It's called Hustle Bit Healthy. It's the five pillars of sustainable wellness and weight loss for the busy woman. So welcome, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I found Robin on TikTok. Um, just scrolling along as a lot of women my age are looking to figure out, you know, what's the secret to being skinny what's again? What's the magic pill? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I found, I mean, I don't even know, maybe it was, you would know, it's probably been at least a year that I was scrolling and you came up with these really great, like, I think it was four or five tips of like little things that you can do, like drinking, you know. Uh, X amount of water before you even drink your coffee. Just little things like yep. that that I was like fascinated. Like wow, and they were. And I think that when Louisa came to me, we just liked your take on dieting. Um, since we work with breastfeeding families, you know we're not doing any type of crash diet or yeah. fad diet, yeah. and. I, we felt that your method would help our families. Yeah. Even yeah. though you're not specific to post-pregnancy or yeah. any specific time period. Both yeah. she and I would be thrilled to hear for our age. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, new parents, too. Yeah. I, I, didn't I know love that. that. No. Absolutely. And I think um, that's so funny. I think most, I mean, that video, TikTok is hilarious, right? Mm -hmm. And it kind of blew up. Uh back in, I don't know, 2020, like when things started to kind of show then when the world started to shut down, yeah. everyone was online. Right. Yeah. And so that video that you're talking about, I mean, it has like 2 million views on it or whatever. And it kind of just like, like exploded. And, um, and ever since then, you know, people have kind of referred to me as like, you know, the basics queen, right? Like, That's, let's just really yeah. focus on the fundamental things that kind of apply to everybody. And so I appreciate you saying that, like, while I'm not, you know, we're planning a family and I'm sure you and I will have many talks as we start to like, yeah. as my husband and I start to go down that path. But yeah, I don't have that specific, um, or I guess super focused, um, area of expertise on postpartum or new moms or anything like that. But the advice that I can give is going to apply to 99% of the population, yeah. right? And I think it's those bits of advice that a lot of us tend to forget about or neglect or oversee or, um, underestimate, right? Yeah. And that's, I think what I loved about it was, it wasn't, oh, eat this, not that. You know, you, you've kind of 
I think, and this is something that a lot of people my age and, and younger too, of just the good food and the bad food. That's a big thing that you talk about a lot of like, yeah, you know, we might have had a pastry this morning, but that's not something we do every morning. It's like every once in a while, it's like, it's, and not that it's a bad food, but like we know overall maybe that's something we should eat every day. But I think that's what I loved about your the way that you talk about the anti-diet more than the diet, because I think we all are getting so caught up into the good and bad foods. Um, and like you said, I think it applies to everybody. Yep, Pregnant women, nursing women, women, men, everybody. We should have these like. All right, what are they? I'm yeah, dying. Know, you're dying. We know the okay, water. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Let's get yeah. And so we call them the non-negotiables. And I think like what you said is yes. Like my book is written for women, and we specifically are working with like the recovering crash dieter of women, kind of like 35 to 55 roughly. But like you know, that's just who we really love working with. You know, right. it doesn't mean that anything we're doing can't honestly really apply to like I said like 99% of people like if you have a heart and a brain and like yeah. you have a digestive system and you eat food like it's going to apply to you yeah um so and we call them the non-negotiables the five non-negotiables that we and that video was talking about are basically like the, the most basic forms of self-care and so it's sleep stress management hydration the quality of your food and movement and then those are kind of the overarching umbrellas, right? And so then we kind of dive into, okay, how can we take like very tactical, small um, habits and and get you to act on those five umbrellas? So what you were referring to, Louisa, is like, you know, the drink 500 milliliters of water before you touch your coffee. Okay, like that's covering the hydration, but in a very specific way. Because I think, you know, go drink more water. I mean, how many goddamn times do we hear that a day, right? Like we all know we need to drink more water. Like right. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So how do we actually habit stack that with something that we already do, i.e. drinking coffee yeah. for some reason, we will never forget our coffee in no, the morning, no, no, but no. we always forget the water. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to drop, you know, my, my cup of coffee. It's my religion, but I'm going to stack it with water. And I'm going to make sure that every time I drink my coffee, it's not happening unless I have that 500 milliliters of water. And while 500 milliliters is not, you know, the ultimate. 500 milliliters in ounces? I know, I'm Canadian. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah 500 milliliters is like 16 ounces. Hold on, let me, okay. let me just confirm that here. <laughs> That's why I love the internet. And it's so funny, too. Every time I say 500 milliliters, every... Um, uh, oops, yeah, 500 16 milliliters. ounces. Yep, yeah, right, okay, right, 16 yeah. ounces, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 16, 17 ounces. So... Yeah, which is a great start to your day, right? Is it going to get you to your ultimate like water target? But like, no, you got to keep chipping away at it. But I think what I'm trying to do more than anything is get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the other ones was, you know, uh, when, when it comes to stress management, it's, you know, schedule in your calendar or set an alarm for, you know, one minute, yeah. one minute where you just, okay, whatever you're doing, stop your screens, turn off your phone, get off the call, like whatever it is, and just take a minute and breathe, yeah. right? Like something so simple. Uh, the steps one, like start your day with 2000 steps. <laughs> it's not that long. You can get outside. Anybody can do it. You can even do it around your house if you want to, but it's just starting to chip away at those little habits. Yeah. So how many steps do you recommend? It's such a funny question. I mean, the general uh, kind of recommendation out there right now is like 10,000 steps a day, right? Like that's 
that's what you see everybody saying, get your seven to 10,000 steps in a day. Some people are saying now it's like, you know, 11 to 15. Um, how I approach it is this, take what your average step count is right now. So I would say if anybody's coming to me and they're like, Hey, I want to increase my movement. I'm like, okay, cool. We have to find out what your baseline is. Like, what are you doing right now? Because if somebody's coming to me and they're like, yeah, I want to do this and lose weight and get healthier and all whatever. And then I say, okay, go get 10,000 steps in, but they're only getting 2000 in. What are they going to do? They're going to get overwhelmed. They're going to say, this is too hard. They're going to yeah. call me an a-hole and then they're going to leave. <laughs> right. right? And, and I've done like them a disservice and I've done myself a disservice and all this stuff. So my, my job as, you know, coach and anybody who kind of helps is, is really, okay, where's your baseline? Let's establish where you're at right now. So you know, go walk for the next seven days, track it on a watch or your phone or whatever, and take the seven day average. What is it? 4,500, 500, 5,000, whatever. Okay. We're going to take that target and that's going to be your target consistently first. Right. So we're not even like increasing the overall average. We're just creating some consistency. Right. right. And then from there we can say, okay, I want you to add 500 more steps. I want you to add a thousand more steps. And the goal is to get them to around that eight to 10,000 range, depending on kind of where they're at and what their goals are. But I think anybody who can get to around eight to 10,000 steps a day is, is great. Yeah. And I think, well, you're not supposed to be exercising until the six week mark where you get the okay from your uh, physician or midwife. Right. Um, and then, you know, we have to think about these families who are utterly exhausted. Right. And like, oh yeah. And isolated and you know, it's just like out. it's cold <laughs> out, like uh, yep. uh, any excuse not to go out there. Yeah. Um, so like some exercises in the home, you know, up and down the steps or if it's freezing outside, go to the mall or something like that. Exactly. But, um, but I can understand why it's difficult. And I think that even if if you're too tired at six weeks, wait till three months. Yeah. Maybe the yeah. child gets in some type of, you know, routine routine where you can function a little bit better. Yeah. And I think for so the, the newer moms that we work with and, you know, our whole priority is like just healing and making sure that you're not rushing it. You know, and I think, and I, we just talked about baseline, but what a woman does postpartum is going to vary so much on where they were pre-pregnancy, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, again, it's very like, okay, if if you're seeing, and I think this is where like we have a couple clients who are comparing themselves to other moms who are doing other things, and it's so easy to kind of get into that spiraling kind of mindset. But it's like, okay, if you look at this objectively. When you see Sally walking down the street with her, you know, fresh baby in the stroller and she's hucking along, like you have no idea what Sally was doing prior to giving birth, right? right? right. Like maybe she's running baseline. marathons. <laughs> right. Exactly. If Sally was running marathons pre-pregnancy, her walking is your is equivalent to your sitting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so right. like whatever is going to put you in the environment and create the environment for your body to heal. For some people that's walking, for some people that's literally just going up and down the stairs twice. For some people it's like some very relaxed like breath work, like whatever, whatever that looks like. And so I think that target of, you know, eight to 10,000 steps, sure, great. That's like your target down the line. Yeah. But I think all you can do is 
all you can do is what you can do for yeah. like that first few months, you know, post-pregnancy or postpartum. Yeah. 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 And so we're drinking water before coffee. <laughs> or, <laughs> is it is it before like meals too or point is to like I said have a stack right like and so if it's helpful I mean okay like I have this massive jug here in front of me right and and for me it just is like fill the jug up twice and that's kind of what's come become my norm um but I mean the two things that we really focus on with new moms is water and protein um and so the water for you know breastfeeding obviously and replenishing you know all that good stuff and and nutrient uh, retention all that stuff like we we are really harping on the water and so um habit stack it with something that you already do i think would be like the biggest takeaway right and because at the end of the day i don't care how you get the water in right, right? it's all about just getting it in but how do we structure it in a way that allows you to remember so obviously we find the things that we're already doing and then we just pair it with that and i think that's where like the have a glass of water with your meal uh kind of came from it's like well you're already eating just mm-hmm. fill up a glass of water and drink it, right? And it's going to help with digestion and it's going to help with nutrient absorption and it's going to help with all these other things for sure. Um, but the the effects, like let's say you were to drink a cup of water two hours before your meal versus like right with your meal, the di- like the effects of the difference yeah. there are, are negligible, right? Like right. you're not going to get like that much more nutrients absorption or digestive like a piece from that drinking water with your meal. I think really what it comes down to is just, again, like, yeah, pairing it with something that you're already doing. So lots of water, move around. Yeah. <laughs> what about the foods that you eat, you know? For, are you speaking, um, like, generally or kind of like, I mean, we talked about protein for... Is that um, what people post- should really be focusing on as... Is- when I think we see a lot with a lot of postpartum families, like just like, I don't even know if I ate. We'll see families at 11 o'clock and they're like, yeah, I don't think I ate breakfast this morning. Like they, yeah. they, they feed the heck out of their babies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but yeah. it's, it's mama and, and pa, you know, mom and dad who aren't getting fed. Like yeah. what are, like if they were to like pick and choose, like I always joke with families. I'm like, listen, Doritos are delicious. Yeah, but they're just not going to fill you. <laughs> so yeah. I often say like going for some protein rich foods just seems to be just to keep you satiated yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I think it's something like okay, like I think I want to, I want to, like I kind of keep going back to like the baseline. Like, what are you doing before? Like, and I think that that's going to determine a lot of what your postpartum experience yeah. is going to look like. Yeah. And so let's say. For example, we're working with a woman who just gave birth and she has no no baseline. Like, let's say, like, she decides to embark on her health journey after her first baby, right? My honest, my honest to God advice for her would be, like, let's just wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just chill. Like, you just went through a like a life-changing, body-changing experience. The last thing I want to do for you is start to load you up with the to-dos and tasks and this and that and goals and targets and everything that you feel like you should be doing, right? And I feel like that's so important for me to just say because the last thing I want is for anybody to be listening to this and be like, oh my God, she wants me to do all of these things, right? And And it's not that at all. It's 
these are the things that we could do if you had a baby in the middle of an existing health, weight loss, fitness, whatever journey, right? Mm -hmm. How can we get back to that as fast as possible? But if you're, you know, going through a birth for the first time or second time or whatever, and it is a brand new journey for you, like, I'm like, okay, girl, like, let's, if you want a Dorito, eat the Dorito, because I'd rather you eat something than nothing. Right. Right. And if you need to have like juice instead of like have the sugary juice, because honestly, again, I'd rather you have something than nothing. And I think I come from that. Like, that's my mindset when it comes to like, like you said, new parents are not putting themselves first. And I think for me to come to go anywhere and say, oh, well, it's all about priority and putting yourself like that's that's crazy. And for any parent, that's crazy. Like, could you imagine? And they always say, oh, put your own mask on first. But it's like, could you imagine seeing a mom on the airplane putting their mask on? And they're like, oh, wait, kids, I'll put yours on next. You know, just hold on a second. Mama's got to take care of herself first. Like, that's not how it is. So I've never believed in like the whole like, oh, parents, like you got to put your mask on first. It's like, that's not how their brains work. They're always going to prioritize their kids. So then the conversation becomes, okay, like literally, how can we do the best that we possibly can mm-hmm. given your roles, your responsibilities, your own personal non-negotiables, everything that's going on. And then we find the little gaps and make it fit. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. No, so I think for when you, and I, I think that it kind of triggered it when you say like, you know, Doritos, like, yeah, eat the freaking Dorito, yeah. right? Because you're in a time of your life where your body just needs something, yeah. right? And now, of course, if it's a spectrum. So of course, if we want to heal faster and, you know, give your body the things it needs, of course, we're going to talk about protein and nutrient rich foods and, and veggies and fiber and, and vitamin C and all of these things that are whatever, like we can get into the weeds of that. Yeah. But if it's, if it's a matter of I'm either choosing to eat or not choosing to eat, I don't care what it is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think the thing is, is that you don't have time to prepare food. You don't have time to eat food. You're kind of like shoving things in your mouth. Whatever you, people bring to as your you house. Wander, right? yeah. As you wander through the kitchen. And, you know, I always try to tell parents, like, if you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, make like three of them. Cut them into yeah. quarters and have them there and just grab them as you go. Yeah. Because I remember, like, shoving cookies in my <laughs> Right. They were there yeah. just yeah. to get to film because the grapes, they're not going to fill me up. Yeah. So we yeah. needed something heavier. Yeah. And so like trying to think and now they have those protein bars, which yeah. are helpful yeah. for yeah. grab and yeah. eat. And um, I think it's like so, sort of having to plan ahead to have grab and eat food that's yeah. healthy, that fills you um, and has some protein is yeah. sort of we have we need to make a menu. Yeah, right. I, I tell parents all the time, like your partner, I'm like, okay, so you're cleaning up from dinner and say, you know, your partner's going to work and they make themselves a plate. And so they, you know, their they're lunch. And then they're like, oh, there's leftovers in the fridge. I'm like, uh-uh-uh, make her a plate. Yeah. <laughs> make it so she can put it in the right. She shouldn't have to open all the containers and put it all together. I'm like, no, if you're making yourself a sandwich for work tomorrow, make her a sandwich. Make her I know one it too. sounds really simple to put some ham and cheese on a piece of bread, but it is a lot when you yep. have a baby and yep. little things like that of just like, like you're saying, just like squeak it in when you can, or, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big meal prepper. So I'm the worst person to talk to a new mom. So I'm like, so on Sunday, yeah, <laughs> make a dozen sure. boiled eggs, like hard boiled eggs, but like making hard boiled eggs is pretty simple you know yeah i'm yeah. making soup every sunday you know i'm right. that's not other parents i understand that but something simple like making a, a dozen hard boiled eggs 
and yep. peeling them. That's and the big them. one. You can't just have yeah. your products in the house. You got to peel it. Yes. Gotta There's some little things that, yeah, cause we're, we're big on pre- like prepping and planning and it's, and it's obviously difficult. I mean, I have ADHD and so prepping and planning is like, you know, it's tough. Like my, but it's been something that I've been working on for years that it's like, okay, I finally found what prepping and planning looks like for me. Right. Yeah. Cause even that's going to look different for every, everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think two women who are coming from like that diet culture, um, you know, our idea of meal prepping is, you know, the Sunday, four hours in the kitchen, Tupperwares. Mm-hmm. Ev- yep. Right. Classic, classic kind of prepping. Yep. And so then we get She's very like kind crazy. of overwhelmed by it. And, and I don't yeah. know how many, like for so long, I felt like that was what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I would force myself to get in, to go to the grocery store, go into the kitchen, get on my Tupperware, like portion out all my meals, present in the fridge. And I effing hated it see i, I loved it. it i love yeah. it it's something i i thrive on that but that's a perfect yeah. example yeah. Of how different people yeah. can be yeah. and it's like for for coaches or you know practitioners or anybody to not see that like yeah that like that like come on you know so so i hated it hated it hated it hated it Every time I would like be done meal prepping, I would like skip the next two Sundays. So I was so inconsistent at it because I just hated doing it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like my next step was like, okay, I'm going to try something different. I'm just going to put on an alarm for an hour on Sundays and I'm going to see what I can get done in one hour instead yeah. of spending four hours. So I did that for a little bit. And now like now my prep is we and I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Just to be clear, like we're very fortunate because we live so close to a grocery store and we can walk like very, very closely. So we live more of like a European kind of like style house where we literally just go to the grocery store three to four times a week, sometimes even more like mm-hmm. on the way home from the gym or on the way. And we pick up what we need for the next like one or two days. And we, as soon as that's done, we're prepping and we're filling up the fridge for the next two days. And then we repeat. So we're very much kind of like, as we go, um, which works for us. And it kind of works for my scatterbrain all the time too, because it keeps things fresh. And like, you know, I'm always like doing something, which is nice. But I think that's such a good point where even like everything is going to be customized and needs to be personalized to you, even prepping and planning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I think we never, I never prepped and planned, but I recently, my husband and I moved in with my parents to help care for them in their last years. And, um, (laughs) They and eat I, three times a day. They eat three times a day. <laughs> and um, and I have yep. to make everything. And so I don't actually prep a full day, but I do have a, a menu made. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've shopped. I can only shop once a week because I don't have time for more than that. And I have all the ingredients for everything that I plan to make. And that, I'm like, wow, look at that. Yeah. We're having cream of wheat this morning. And I've got the raisins <laughs> and I've got this. And... I actually lost weight since I've started living with them yeah. and I've never eaten yeah. three meals and snacks. <laughs> right? And you talk day. about that a lot on yeah. like so many people are not eating enough. Yeah. That's why we're not losing weight, yep. you know, and it's, it's, yeah. and yeah. So I think, and I think what you had said earlier about just diet culture, I don't, I don't know anybody. I don't know. Do you, do you get caught up in the diet culture? I'm totally caught up yeah. in the diet culture. I'm not. Yeah. But have I mean, she's always, always been very thin. I've always been very thin. Yeah. Except yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I think mo and I think being postpartum, like 
That was you, hard for me. You, so if you're yeah. thin all your life, yeah, and then yeah. you know you've got this belly that's sagging down. I was like, what the heck? How am I going <laughs> to get rid of this thing? This is horrible. Like yeah. I never had that issue before, and with the first, it came off very quickly, and with the second. It wasn't going anywhere. And I'm like, what do you do about this? Um, And then with the, oh, the third, I had surgery when she was nine months old. So dropped 20 from the stress, dropped 20 from the surgery. That'll do it. But not a good weight loss. But I think that diet culture creeps into most minds of just like, and just like what I should look like and, and. there's so much out there. Like you had asked yesterday in in your group of like what what's that that diet that triggered it gave you, you the you ick, know? yeah, gave me the ick, right? And for me, it was keto. And I was like, any diet that says I can't eat fruit is just stupid. It can't, yeah, there's yep. just no way yeah. I can't eat fruit. I yep. understand if someone says to me, listen, Louise, you, you probably shouldn't be eating Doritos so much. Like, it's okay to eat Doritos, but not every. But to say fruit, I'm like, it's an entire food group that like. You have to eat fruit, right? Yeah. And so I think we just get caught up in like what we should look like. And we talk about it a lot and for lots of things, for breastfeeding, for sleep, um, social media to some extent and, and influencers of like what we should look like. And, you know, no offense to the Kardashians, but, you know, the photo, well, maybe totally. some, some yeah. offense to them, the, the photoshopping. And like, well, have that's you seen, did you see on my Instagram what I posted, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago about me like photoshopping my own body? No, I missed like, that. I, like, okay, so on my Instagram, I posted a photo where it's like, you know, me posing and then the caption was like, oh, I'm so proud of this. But then I was, but then in the video, I kind of like zoomed in and then showed like actually how I changed my body. So yeah. it's like, don't believe this and yeah. don't believe yeah. most of what you're seeing on the internet these days, because I mean, with AI and Photoshop and all of like, it, it's just it's so unbelievable, it. literally yeah. speaking, yeah. what these women and men can, can put up. And I had a pretty, um, like, I mean, body dysmorphia is something that is so interesting and obviously so heartbreaking but so interesting to me like how the brain works in that way because we're working like we experience women with body dysmorphia i mean god myself included like all the time she right like we don't just it all the time it. she does yeah. i'm like oh i feel fat she's like what are you talking about you look great right. like, oh, so i was up. at the gym yesterday and there's a how old is he i think she's 20 and she is incredible this girl she works she's working out at the gym she is one of the best athletes ever seen she um has been working so hard on herself because she comes from um history of eating disorder um under eating stick 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 thin we got her into the gym and she's starting to now put on muscle and put on weight and eating like 3,000 calories a day and i'm like this is incredible like she looks so good and she came up to me yesterday and she goes i'm having a really bad body image week like I look in the mirror and I, and I see fluff, I see fat, I see this. And I'm literally looking at her like, I can see eight of your abs right now. Like I can literally see eight of your abs. And like, and I was like thinking to myself, I was like, nobody can escape this. Yeah. Nobody can escape this. It doesn't matter what you're going to look like and take it from somebody who's been 12% body fat with a six pack and, and, and deprived myself to get there. I wanted to be thinner. And I look back on those pictures now and I'm like, what in the world was I doing and thinking? Like I looked like that and I wanted to be thinner. Like it's crazy. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's like, this is, 
one of those things where it's like, it's not going to go away. Unfortunately, you can manage it and it can be few and few and far between the days where you are thinking those things about yourself. And it's obviously something that you constantly want to work on the self positive self-talk, the self-love. And then, and then I think what also really helps is finding something that challenges your body. So you start to put your mindset in the, in the, in the way of what can my body do for me? And that's why I think exercising is so important for women because because we have this innate negative negativity towards our bodies, how can I how can I translate that into what am I doing? What can my body do for me? How much can it lift? How far can it run? What can it climb? Like whatever you whatever it's gonna look mm-hmm. like for you. But I think that, and I say that too, because at the end of our conversation with this girl at the gym, she goes, but then I kept reminding myself, this girl can squat 250 pounds. This yeah. girl, you know, this body can do this. And she kept repeating the things that it can do. And I'm like, yes, like that's yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. Like take that negativity and turn it into something that you can do. This body just gave birth. I was going to say, this body just three made children. A baby, right? This body created literally just life. created yeah. life. And, yeah. he, like, and, and sustains it. I, I mean, breastfeeding yeah. was super empowering obviously i made this my career but just watching the rolls on my child's legs and going dude that was all well, me yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah i'm awesome right? yeah. but yeah and that's why and women are just so hard on themselves and yeah i try to compliment everyone if i yeah. love their outfit or their hairstyle like you look awesome today you know yeah. people need to hear that everybody mm-hmm. has to do that they do yeah <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. Any other words of advice? Oh my gosh. I mean, so many. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this for hours. Um, but I, yeah, I think like we, I mean, we were talking about the, the anti-diet weight loss club, which Louisa you're in and, mm-hmm. and that's, I love that you're in that club. Um, I think like just generally speaking, what the anti-diet weight loss club does is, and I, I say this as just like a general takeaway for all women who are listening and anybody it's like, the anti-diet method and the anti-diet program and everything that we do is just taking um, weight loss, health, fitness, like whatever your goals are and coming at it from a place of abundance versus a place of lack. Yeah. And because I think that is when you look at diet culture and you look at any diet out there, keto, intermittent fasting, weight loss, like whatever, what does it do inherently? It, it restricts. It is, mm-hmm. it is inherently telling you to do something less, eat something less, cut out fruits, like whatever it is. Right. And so I think that what it's done is it's put women into the mindset of lack. Okay. I'm taking things out. So I'm going to think less of, you know, I want to take up less space. I'm going to think less of myself. I'm going to do all these things. And so what we're trying to do is really flip that on its head and say, okay, you can still lose weight. You can improve your body composition. You can get healthier. You can improve blood markers. You can do all of these things, but we're coming at it from a place of, okay, you want to reduce sugar. Okay. I don't want you to cut out sugar. I want you to increase your fiber. Oh, you want to drink less coffee? Okay. I don't care how much less coffee, but I just want you to increase more water. Okay. I want, right. And we're coming at it from how do we just take all of the places of restrict, 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 or less, 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 and doing the opposite and adding more. And so really just saying like, you, you don't have to take up less space. You don't have to cut things out. You don't have to, you know, do all these crazy things that you've done in the past, but you can still get to your goals. It's just going to be in a way where you like love and appreciate yourself, but love and appreciate the journey as well. Because the journey I think is so important on the road to self-love, yeah. right? The way that, the way that you're going to end up feeling about yourself is 
determined by how like the journey to get there right and so of course like women are not feeling good about themselves if they're doing a diet that gives them the ick yeah right like right and so and then we so anyways i just i felt like that was like an important kind of takeaway and i like speaking about that generally it's like okay you can have all the things and you don't have to do it in the way that you've been doing it for the past 20 years i promise you because it it, doesn't work right because we all know it doesn't doesn't work work. right you all just go back to yeah we would have all found that perfect diet yeah now yeah (laughs) well that's it i know i know yeah i think you said just getting in a few little little changes of habit is you know what when did you do your when i did the first holy guacamoles it was like november i went like 72 days walking every single day yeah which is huge you know and for someone who was not a morning person or didn't like i now it's like 5 45 let's go like it's not even a thought in my mind to go oh i don't want to do that it's just now i have it it's drinking my water before i go downstairs like i take my water and i try to drink as much little things like that i think are just going to add up and uh that that's what i think your program or what you talk about is just little tiny things that can make a big difference a huge difference yeah Yeah. we have our next challenge coming up too which i'm excited about which is exactly that right 28 days of of just you know i think we give them a list of we give all our participants like a list of habits that they can choose from. They choose just five. Like we yeah. tell, like you can't choose any more. You can yeah. only choose five. And, and that is like, okay, this is your priority for the next 28 days. Yeah. And it's not crazy. It's literally yeah. like, go eat a, go eat some protein. Like yeah. go it's not like 75 walk. hard where you're just blowing no. everything up yeah, for yeah, 75 yeah. Right. days. And, right. and I think you're just asking for uh, that, that, that failure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Yeah, this is so fun. I love your insight on everything. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah. it's really good. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to continue to chat with you guys when I have a baby. Yeah, Yeah. then we'll really redo this and see oh if yeah we'll redo this and i'll come at it from a yeah. totally different perspective right. and say like okay here's what i'm actually doing i <laughs> yeah. literally just ate a bag of doritos <laughs> and they were delicious <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right thank you so thank much you, for joining robin. us robin of course thank you guys one. chat with you soon bye-bye Bye. thanks for listening to the feeding frenzy the BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.